on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They'll look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's Axman. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica Road. Oh, hey, what's up, Mohawk? Hello. How are you? Good to have you on board here. Maybe you're listening on the ESPN app. That's a great way to stay in touch with the radio show. Keep it rolling. Keeping it 100, as the kids say. Do the kids still say that? If not, I just brought it back. If you'd like to get in touch with the radio program, that's something you can do, too. Bring on the hot takes, baby. I'm ready. That's hot. 437-7644 is the magical phone number. You can always tweet the show where the show never stops. Brent Axe Media. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The On the Block text line is 2880644. It is Head Coach Thursday. It is that great time of the year where SU basketball and football are crossing paths. We're talking about both teams. They're both ranked. Life is good, right? So every Thursday for the next few weeks, you will hear from both Jim Beheim and Dino Babers right here on this program. Now, how cool is that? Thanks, Brian. You're welcome, Coach. Double dip of the head coaches. So you will hear from Coach Beheim in this hour at about 420. You will hear from Coach Babers at about 530. So, get ready for that. Insight from both head coaches on, in basketball's case, the first win of the season. In Dino's case, Louisville coming up tomorrow. The lessons from the Wake Forest game. Big senior night and a senior night tradition that Dino wants to start. All that and more coming up throughout the program today. Boom. Love it. Both head coaches every Thursday over the next few weeks. And then once basketball settles in, we will have uh, Coach Beheim every Thursday. Hot takes to come as usual. Plenty of Syracuse football and hoops chatter. We'll look at tonight's Thursday night football matchups. I'm actually kind of intrigued by this Thursday night game. I think Wake has a shot to beat NC State. I really do. I know what Syracuse did to Wake for us, but I think Wake's actually got an opportunity to pull the upset. So we will discuss that. There's a good, meaty Thursday night NFL game tonight, too, with Carolina and Pittsburgh. So lots of football in the air. And so much more. But a couple things on the SU football front to start with. One is something that's been out there. It's been discussed everywhere you go. Everybody you talk to is saying, pack the dome. Get people there tomorrow night. Which I think would be fantastic. I think if there is a vivid crowd in the Carrier Dome tomorrow, no matter how many people are there. I think people get really hung up on 
packed a dome, 45,000 people sell it out. And I get the optics of that. I get how that looks. I get what a reward it would be for the seniors, for this team, chance to go undefeated at home this year, just kind of a big send-off for the football team before they go to Yankee Stadium next week, before they go to Boston College and then await their bowl fate. There is great ticket deals out there. You can find some deals for $20. You can find, you know, if you if you know where to look and it's not that hard, Google's your friend. You can find some great deals. Even StubHub's got some good ticket prices. And you have a lot of football fans, fans that go to games that and not just season ticket holders. You know, fans that have bought back in and enjoy the process and have known this has been coming, this Friday night game, for weeks, and they're just flabbergasted that, you know, how could you not want to go see this football team play? And I understand those feelings, and I really do. And for those that are going and planning on it, and I hope the students turn out because what else are you doing on a Friday night? That game's going to be over before you guys really start doing your thing on a Friday night. There is a big push to get student tickets there. They're giving away student tickets. Like, students, to me, while they only can fill up so many sections, this is not you know, a big-time state school, right? So I think we're a little too hard on the students sometimes, but they are pretty apathetic when it comes to football. But they can only fill up so many sections. What rounds out a game like this are, you know, the Fairweather 10,000. And what I have been preaching on Twitter, not so much on the air, a little bit on the air yesterday, that I'll just kind of reiterate here before we get to another subject on this Syracuse-Louisville game, because I don't want to harp on attendance all day. Look, it is what it is going to go you're not going to go we're about 27 hours from the game i don't know if a pitch on the air today from anybody's going to make me say hey you know what i wasn't going to go but now i am like i think it's just something that anybody who makes the case about the team is better they're entertaining they're ranked they are doing everything that fans have asked of them you're not wrong but what i'm here to tell you is changing people's habits and their way of thinking does not happen overnight. We just had an election in this country, right? Yay, democracy. There it is. And while some people disagree with, you know, the president and disagree with democrats and disagree however you want to go, right? While there was a change and the house is now democratic, the senate is still republican, of course, the white house is still republican. That was not on the on the ballot. That can happen. Change can happen if people are motivated enough. That's a two-year process, though, that really ramped up in the last six to eight months, right? And you get people energized, mobilized, get out there, and there's a lot of first-time voters. But think of the -the over-the-top effort that took to get people to change their habits, to get people to say, I voted for the first time, or I went from Democrat to Republican or from Republican to Democrat, whatever the case may be. This football team is good again, but the habit, the understanding, the normal in the minds of a lot of people, as much as this leaves a passionate fan, just, you know, agog, is they're not good, is they're, they've been 500, they haven't been going to bowl games, where are the stars, where are you know, back in my day, Donovan McNabb, like I, and I know people listening, like, well, you got to be kidding me. What about they score points? And Eric Dungy today was named one of the 10 quarterbacks for the Johnny Unitas Award, and Alton Robinson's going to the NFL. How can you say that? And again, I don't disagree with you. What I'm here to tell you is it is hard to change people's habits and their frame of mind. 
If you don't go to the game and watch it on TV and you're comfortable doing that and you come home from a long week, you just want to put your feet up and be like, oh, bonus, there's a football game on a Friday night. I'll watch that. Some people feel that's their level of engagement. And that's fine if that's what their level of engagement is. My argument to anybody out there that feels differently is make that person want to go. Don't shame them into going. Don't give a reason to go. This is nothing against the seniors on this team. Okay? Do not take this the wrong way. But convincing a person who normally doesn't go to football games and your reasoning is, well, those seniors deserve it. You're not going to move anybody who doesn't go with that. Sell them on this. And I made the analogy on the show yesterday. If I walk into a store and my intention is not to buy something and your pitch is, well, I'm on commission and I got kids to feed and I deserve it, I'm not going to buy your product. But if you start a conversation with me and by the time I walk out of there, I feel like I've got to have this, you've done your job. So the job you can do, much like we just saw in a, you know, and politics is different because people were motivated. That's life. That's serious stuff. But it's almost practically the same in the sense of motivate a fan base that hasn't been there to want to go to experience it. Senior night's not enough. Doesn't mean that there's a lack of true adulation that should be there. That's why I love this thing that Dino Babers is doing. Win or lose, that team is back out on the field. And this is the senior class that turned things around. That no matter how this season goes, the rest of the way, they have a winning season. They won at least three more games than last year. And after Friday night, it's going to be four. You doubled your win total. They are going to what will be a noteworthy bowl game in my mind. And all the selling points, that's the thing. You have a whole lot to sell now as one of those fans or anybody who is tasked with getting people in the dome that don't normally go. My advice to you is, and unsolicited advice is something I'm wary of, but, you know, I got a radio show. Sometimes you got to do it. My unsolicited advice to you is don't shame. Don't make it feel like an obligation. Make someone want to go. And another thing you got on your side, it's Friday night, right? It's Friday night. Sometimes Saturdays are tougher for people. They plan things on the weekend, projects around the house. Kids have things going on. You know, we have these conversations all the time. I talk to football fans. are like, how could people not plan six Saturdays a year to go to football games? It's, it's crazy. And my response to them is because people have lives, you know, kids have obligations and People need to do things on the weekend that work during the week. It's like they can go to one or two games a year, but if you if that is what you choose as your, this is my entertainment, this is my way to relax, this is my way to unwind after the week or whatever it is, that's great. That's great. Make people want to do that. Don't shame them. Don't obligate them. Don't say, it's been since 2001 since they've been ranked. How could you not want to go? It's, that doesn't work. That does not work. What works is buzz. Make it feel like, man, you're not going to the game. Man, we're going to the game, and we're going to tailgate beforehand. We might go down to Varsity Pizza. It's Friday night. Man, my boss is so cool. He gave me a half day. and Oh, now I kind of want to go, right? Like, don't knock on a door. Don't be a Jehovah's Witness. Hello, would you like to talk about Syracuse football and their success this season and why you should be there Friday? No. 
make me want to go. And you got about 26 hours left, so I wish you luck. Uh, sales are in the upper 30s, by the way. I tweeted this out, Brent X Media. I got a lot of questions on Twitter about, you know, how ticket sales are going, and we kind of look at the Ticketmaster map, which isn't a 100% accurate portrayal of ticket sales, but talking to people that are familiar with the process, and there was a guy on Twitter who literally used to do this who said to me earlier this week, and I, I felt bad because I kind of called him out on Twitter and people were <laughs> in his mentions like, sorry about that, but he knows what he's talking about. So that was a pretty honest Ticketmaster map that Syracuse had put out. And that's literally, you go to Cuse.com, you punch in Ticketmaster, there's blue dots all over the Carrier Dome map, and these are seats you can buy. So as we stand right now, sales are in the upper 30s, and that's everything. That's season tickets, that's added ticket sales. There's a huge push to get students to go. And we'll see. Walk-up crowd could be strong. And by the way, that's on you. That's not on SU. For the people that say, hey, marketing, no, stop. No, don't even start to go there. That's where I will cut SU a break. It's not marketing. It is now It is now word of mouth. They have marketed the hell out of that thing. Okay? Marketing is a lazy excuse. I mean, that's really your answer. Why are you not going to the game? I was not marketed properly. Stop. Just come on. Give me a break. The team's done their job. I think Syracuse has done their job. I've seen ads. I've seen a push. I've seen all formats, radio, television, internet, billboards, like, they're doing what they need to do. It's word of mouth. It's buzz that will get people to go. And walk-up sales could be pretty strong. Like, you're at work tomorrow. You're hearing people going. They're talking about the game, and you're kind of thinking, like, man, I could probably swing this. I, I might, you know what? Can I get tickets today? Yeah, you can get tickets today. Look, here, boom. There it is. Okay. And sometimes when people make impulse decisions, like, price is a little pricey. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to go. Let's go. Yeah. Right? I made a very impulsive decision to buy a suit <laughs> a few months ago, and it's a lot more than I should have paid for. It's a very nice suit. Don't get me wrong. But when my wife saw the price tag, she's like, you are never buying something like this ever again. This, at least, is a football game. Like, you can't, you can't overpay for that in that sense, especially Syracuse prices. Are you kidding me? So we'll see how that pans out. We will certainly talk more about this game, this matchup, where we're heading. Did you hear this stat about Louisville, by the way? I had no idea this was the case until, you know, like most things, you don't know till you know. But Louisville has had 20 players, 20, ask for papers to transfer. You want to talk about a five-alarm grease fire at Louisville. And Syracuse wants to take advantage. And they are they want to drop the hammer on this team. I think Dino... And you'll hear what he says later when we talk about Louisville and what's happened in recent years. But I think Dino has done a very diplomatic job of trying to hold that back. But I think he's kind of like Kevin Bacon in Animal House at this point. Right? All is well. You can't see what's happening behind me. Like People are frothing at the mouth to get back at Louisville for the way they've treated Syracuse in recent years. So we'll discuss that later in the show. We're going to hear from Jim Beheim coming up in a few minutes, though. It's Head Coach Thursday. On the block, Bayheim in just a few minutes. Dino Babers, as we mentioned later in the show. Right now, we're going to get some diamonds and some dogs. See how that stock market did today? Our boy Joe from the Lee Baldwin Company is here to tell us all about that. Joe, what's happening, man? Not much. How's it going today? It is going great. How'd it go on the stock market today? 
Well, the market closed up a little bit, so it wasn't that exciting of a day today. Dow closed up around 10 points. Uh, S&P down That's a it? little bit. NASDAQ down a little bit. Wow. Uh, we got a diamond, though. Uh, okay. 3M was our diamond of the day, up $2.81, closing at 204 And our dog of the day was uh, Wynn Resorts, uh, closing down 1497 to $99. Uh, I've always seen that 3M logo on things. I'm not really sure what exactly they do, though. Do you know, They make Jay? everything. That's, that's, that's the easy <laughs> they answer, make, right? They make everything. Okay. Safety products. They make tape. They make roofing materials. They make everything. All right. Good to know. Joe, thanks for the diamond and the dog, my friend. We'll talk soon. All right. Have a good one. There he goes. It's Joe from Lee Baldwin. You can find him on LeeBaldwin.com. You can find him in Casanova in Utica. Get that portfolio rolling, baby. More diamonds than dogs. Ten points. That's it. I can see why Joe said that. Eh, not much today. Ten points. Everybody go home early. Uh, Jim Beheim's coming up next. Our weekly chat with the head coach. Stay right there. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Sure is, voice man. Welcome back. It is presented by Burdick Toyota. Great to have you. How's your Thursday going, huh? I don't like this. Looking outside, it's getting dark already. We got a lot to talk about, though. It'll help me get over it. Including tomorrow night, we got a football game. I mean, you if you're going, you, you might see the last... I shouldn't say the last time, but what it reminds me of is Donovan McNabb's senior game in 1998, and it's Miami. And everybody knew Miami was down, right? It didn't matter. Miami was down. They had just come off probation. They were not the Miami Hurricanes that you kind of knew even like five years prior, the Chris Gedney game and, you know, Gino Toretta and the Heisman Trophy. And like Miami came in a wounded animal and no one cared. The fact that McNabb just ran up and down, and they won that game. I remember the score. I can't remember it like to take the garbage out, but I can tell you the score of that game. It was 66-13, and people loved it. And it wasn't just a send-off for McNabb. It wasn't just a senior day. It was just that, you know, take that, Miami. The U and all that, you know, just the nonsense that they came in with, the fact that you could punch back on that team. I think that's kind of the feeling people have for Louisville. Tomorrow night. We'll discuss that later in the show. Right now, hit me with that fancy open. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> it's time for hot takes. And hot takes are presented by the Press Room Pub. The number one sports entertainment venue in central New York. Anytime's a good time to stop by the Press Room Pub, but particularly when there's a game on, if that's tonight, you want to watch the NFL, you want to watch college football, you want to watch Syracuse play Louisville tomorrow night if you're not going to the game but want to hang with your bros, hang with your gals, I can talk, hang with your bros, hang with your gals, hang with both. I don't care. I don't judge. The TVs, the cold beer, the great food, just a great spot. Great spot for lunch, great spot. Uh, our friends over at Syracuse.com and Advanced Media had a big thing there yesterday. We did a thing with the assistant coaches there last week. Like It's just a cool spot. So get down there, hang, press room pub. And uh, we'll be there next week, next Thursday, I believe. We're still dotting some I's and crossing some T's, but I'm pretty sure we'll be there uh, doing our monthly stop at the press room pub 
on this show next Thursday, and that is the day of the Syracuse-UConn game. So we're excited about that. Get on out there, baby. Tell them the X-Man sent you. I don't know what that will do for you, but just say it. It sounds cool. Hey, the X-Man sent me. Tell them Large Marge sent you. Let's see who gets that reference. This, to me, like you want to find a way to be the turd in the punch bowl of a World Series championship. Leave it to a guy like Bill James. Now, baseball fans know who Bill James is. Bill James, to his credit, changed not only baseball but sports. He was not the first, but certainly the most noted analytics guy. Sabermetrics, right? The study of the in-depth study of numbers and how it can affect baseball players, how to build a baseball team that way, because for so long, baseball was built on what the thought of a scout was. And you had all these scouts over the country and they went to games and they filed reports and they reported to their general manager. And it wasn't just skill set. And then, you know, the five tool guy. And it's just, I got a feeling about this guy, right? Well, analytics takes emotion out of it. It is the study of numbers and trends. And, you know, what's why we see the game, the, the, the way it is today, money ball and the whole thing, right? Well, Bill James, now a special advisor to the Red Sox, uh, said today that players are in, as important to the game as, quote, beer vendors. James took to Twitter and challenged social media, quote, to explain why a player making $3 million a year is underpaid and why it's, quote, disingenuous to argue that players are taking money out of the mouths of concession workers. James, quote, if the players all retired tomorrow, we would replace them. The game would go on. In three years, it would make no difference whatsoever. The players are not the game any more than the beer vendors are. Uh-oh. This is not going well. Not only that, it's this. That's just dumb. Uh, the head of the Major League Baseball Players Association, Tony Clark, saying, quote, The comments Bill made yesterday are both reckless and insulting, considering our game's history regarding the use of replacement players. The players are the game. Justin Verlander got in on this on Twitter, saying, uh, wonder if the Red Sox win the World Series with a replacement player for Mookie Betts or J.D. Martinez or David Price or Jackie Bradley Jr., and that's just it. There's still not a lot of these analytics teams that win the World Series, right? The Sox use analytics. Everybody uses it now, but you need talent. You need a lineup that's balanced. You have to go with the trends in the game. The trend in the game is power and home runs, and the Red Sox had that. They had great starting pitching. Their bullpen was incredible. But what Bill James and his computer cannot sense and cannot tell you and cannot compute and is not replaceable is chemistry. Is a manager like Alex Cora, who has the numbers by his side, but mixes that with knowing the mood of his team. A computer cannot tell you that David Price grabbed him before game six and said, Skip, I want to go tomorrow. That's what analytics cannot tell you. And I can give you various other examples of this. It is necessary. It is something that every team should use and every team should utilize. But for these guys just to basically think like they're emotionless cyborgs and they're all replaceable, that's the human element of sports that, pe- by the way, Bill James, that people like. Okay, Can you come in and make more noise during my show, Polly? Hit the door a few more times. Do you need a hand over there, Sepelia? <laughs> Polly Sepelia, ladies and gentlemen. Setting up, what are you setting up now? I got to go to the door. 
about Paulie just storming in here, bumping into 16 things, lugging his equipment that he can't even carry out of here? Get your muscle man to carry that crap out of here. Fantastic. Anyway, Bill James, people matter, okay? Take your computer and That's hot. shove it where the sun don't shine. Floyd Mayweather. Thanks for helping us win the World Series, though. That was cool. Floyd Mayweather has discounted rumors that he would not fight Japanese kickboxer. Okay, let's play the game. Let's see if Brent can pronounce this. Tenshin Nasakawa? Did I get that? No? No? Tenshin Nasakawa. I'm close. I got to be close. Uh, Quote, I want it to be clear that I, Floyd Mayweather, never agreed to an official bout with that guy. In fact, I've never heard of him until this recent trip to Japan. Floyd goes on to explain how his camp was originally informed it would be an extremely low-key, non-televised, nine-minute exhibition, three-round fight. Because when I think of something like an extremely low-key, non-televised exhibition event that doesn't count, I think of Floyd Mayweather. Mm -hmm. Upon his arrival to the press conference, Floyd felt everything was sprung upon him and that he did not expect what he was getting into. An MMA fight with an undefeated kickboxer at the end of the month. Risen Fighting Federation, that's fun to say, announced Monday that a fight between Floyd and, you know, that guy, for New Year's Eve in Japan. Floyd did talk about the fight during the press conference Monday and expressed excitement about participating. Floyd Mayweather encapsulates the best of wrestling, boxing, MMA, and everything in between. I'm fighting, I'm not fighting. Will I fight this guy? I'm not going to fight this guy. Fight Conor McGregor? Ha! That is foolhardy. You're going to pay me how much to do that? Floyd Mayweather is the best boxer of his generation. He's the best hype man of his generation. It is amazing the money that he makes. And Floyd produces the shows. He the per, Everything is in his name. Like he has, Floyd is essentially like Amazon, right? You can still go to stores and buy things in brick and mortar stores. And there's an old school way to do it. But Amazon, Jeff Bezos, just gets up every morning and goes swimming in his Scrooge McDuck vault full of money. There are other boxers. There are other ways to do it. But the Floyd way, I mean, quite literally. Billion dollars. Yeah. And then some. Floyd, people, I get it. This is the other thing. He's polarizing. I just say that name, and there's an immediate reaction there. But to try and steal a phrase from the kids, and I'm not that hip, so I'll probably botch this one too, but what's the old expression go? Respect the game? Hate the player, respect the game, or or something like that? Look, you might not like Floyd Mayweather, but my man knows how to play the system, and he knows how to cash in and hype and bring up events, and this is something he wasn't even going to do. He just kind of threw his name into it, and we're talking about Floyd Mayweather. When's the last time Floyd Mayweather actually like participated in a sporting event? Like when he does do something, it's like once a year. Yet he is discussed and talked about like he's a basketball player out there 82 games a year. Big news for Syracuse football fans to keep an eye on here. Oh yeah, give me give me the deal. That's hot. There you go. Uh Ian Book, Notre Dame quarterback, is out against Florida State this week. He suffered a broken rib in last Saturday's win. Over Northwestern, Book took over the starting job for Brandon Wimbush and went 3-0 and in 
his first three games as a starter. Wimbush is expected to start against Florida State. Now, Book is being sidelined only for Saturday's game. He is expected to play against Syracuse. He has 15 touchdowns and four interceptions this season. Wimbush, a touchdown and four picks in three games. So Ian Book came in and just put a jolt into that offense. And frankly, I cited Book along with Clemson and Trevor Lawrence and Alabama with Tua as a reason why going to Tommy DeVito wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, right? Well, Eric Dungy proved us all wrong there. He particularly proved all of us wrong when he went from the ability to throw for 411 yards in one game to going back to the ground game against Wake Forest a week ago. I think you're going to need a combination of that tomorrow against Louisville, and you're going to see that because have I mentioned how bad Louisville is? But even if Book plays next week, this just goes into the string of luck that Syracuse football has had this year. And look, don't take that the wrong way. Syracuse has earned everything they have. They have fought and scratched and clawed and recruited and executed, and that team is dangerous. They have earned that 13th ranking in everything they do. But every great team needs a little luck along the way. Syracuse has done a number of things They normally don't do, plus 12 in turnover range. But, you know, where luck comes from, they're healthy. They have not been a healthy team in recent years at this point of the season. They are, you know, everybody's got owies, as Dino likes to put it, but they have not had any catastrophic, serious injuries down the run here. And we wish Tyrone Perkins the best, certainly. But Tyrone Perkins had not really worked himself up to being a key player yet. So you need a little luck there. You need a little luck that the ACC is down. You are surging. You are taking advantage of a situation while the rest of the league is down, and the team that will visit the Dome tomorrow is an example of that. This is another case of a little luck going your way. Trevor Lawrence got hurt against Clemson. Syracuse lost that game, but it didn't hurt their cause. Last year, Kelly Bryant went down. That did help their cause to beat Clemson. And if you get Brandon Wimbush next, or if you get Ian Book instead of Brandon Wimbush, pardon me, next week at Yankee Stadium, You can put on a flak jacket, you can work through it, you can get a shot and all the legal, you know, remedies you can to get the pain out of there. That's not a comfortable injury for a quarterback to have. And Syracuse is going to know it and they're going to go at him. And they've got a pass rush that can do it. I think we all agree that Syracuse is going to need some turnovers in that game. They're going to need to really balance out the run game and the pass on that grass at Yankee Stadium. Who knows what the weather's going to be like next weekend. Just a little bit of an edge here. If Ian Book's got a broken rib and is not 100% and is uncomfortable and had to sit out a week, that's just yet another advantage for Syracuse next week. So keep an eye on that one. That's hot. No Ian Book this week. They say he's going to play next week, but uh, just another storyline to add into what's turning into a big, big game next week. Again, Not that it wasn't big in terms of name brands, where it is, and all that. But this is actually turning into a game with national implications. Like, Syracuse has an opportunity here to throw a giant monkey wrench into the college football playoff. They might even, like, get into consideration themselves for that thing, which is just completely insane to think about. But they're there. They're two drives away from, like, being in the college football playoff, which is just mind-blowing. But it's the truth. Uh, saw this note today. We'll end hot takes here. Uh, XFL news. For those of you who follow this, is the XFL. Former Buffalo Bills general manager Doug Whaley has been named the senior vice president of football operations. 
For the XFL, said XFL Commissioner Oliver Luck, quote, his intellect and vast experience as an NFL GM, we believe that Doug is the perfect choice to lead the XFL's football operations. The quality of the field on product is paramount to the XFL's success. And Doug, who is tech-savvy and a firm believer in analytics, brings football credibility and a strong work ethic to the team. The XFL is set to launch in February 2020. I felt like Barbara Walters there, data reference. 2020, with a 10-week regular season. Whaley, who's 45, Bills GM from 2013 to 2017. He was fired after the 2017 NFL draft. The Bills were 30-34 and 34 in his tenure and did not reach the postseason. These, this is the legacy of Doug Whaley in Buffalo. He drafted E.J. Manuel in the first round, went all in on E.J. Manuel, and when that, and to be fair to Doug Whaley, that was an awful quarterback draft. That was the E.J. Manuel, Geno Smith, Ryan Nassib draft. Like, those were your best choices in 2013. It was one of the worst quarterback crops to come along in years. But the Bills needed a quarterback. I mean, you had to pick somebody. He actually moved down. Remember, they had the eighth pick, moved down, and got E.J. Manuel. So when that didn't work out, he traded not one but two first-round picks for Sammy Watkins, moved up to the fourth overall pick, giving up a first and a fifth-round pick. He also traded for Matt Castle. Matt Castle, who has the distinction of being a starting quarterback for an NFL football team who played exactly one snap for said team. Matt Castle started the 2015 season, one play, and then was substituted. Never to be seen again. So, yeah, the Doug Whaley... Legacy, like he did draft some players that made an impact, but let's just say, as the emails go around when someone gets fired at a local company, we wish you well. The XFL. We're happy you have a job, Doug. And to be fair, I supported the Sammy Watkins trade. I did. I was in on that for that reason. I'm like, well, look, BJ Manuel's the guy. You better get him some help. But see, Odell Beckham Jr. got picked in that draft like four picks later and didn't really have to trade those picks for Sammy Watkins who's now catching passes from Patrick Mahomes who let's see Patrick Mahomes was taken with the 10th overall pick in the draft which the Bills traded to Kansas City and got the 27th pick and they took Tredavious White let's just take a break before I put my head through this microphone back after this thank you bye-bye